sleep and stress. A combo that most of us have dealt with at least once in our lives. In this episode, we welcome back sleep expert Olivia Arizolo. Olivia has been featured in Forbes, on the Today Show, the Morning Show. She's also partnered with Sealy Posturepedic and IKEA and has recently released her book, Bear, Lion or Wolf. Join us right now as we dive into stress, the types of stress and how they impact on sleep. Here we are. Olivia Arazzolo, thank you so much for joining us again at Virgin Active Minds. How are you? Mark, it has been so long since I have seen you. I am so glad to be back. I am stoked that you're here. Um, We had such a great chat last time and we ended that conversation at a place of like, I think we need another conversation. And so I'm so stoked that we've been able to hook up again and uh, continue the discussion on sleep. In particular, this conversation I want us to have a chat about is is stress and sleep, the conundrum of am I stressed because I'm not sleeping or am I stressed which is affecting my sleep? You know, that kind of chicken and egg scenario. But before we get there, can you give us a bit of an idea on what are the classic sleep problems that you come across with uh, the people that you work with? Sure. So... Uh, It's interesting that that's your first question because probably the number one complaint is I'm stressed. Mm, Okay. It's a really common denominator to have sleeping problems when you're stressed Um, because think if you look at the biochemistry of stress, what it does is it puts us into a state called fight or flight, which is when our whole nervous system is super, it's hyperactive. So we're really on guard to any any particular um, you know triggers or stresses or dangers in the environment. That's actually what our brain is primed to do in a state of stress. And so you know a lot of people say oh, I sleep really lightly when I'm stressed and I wake up frequently and I'm I'm really restless. This is exactly the like this is the purpose, this is the result of having elevated stress. And so, you know, the question, you know, what do, my, what do most people that I see struggle with? Waking up through the night is my number one challenge. It's interesting because when I went into this, I thought it would be even between not getting enough sleep, not being able to fall asleep and waking up through the night and while they are three they're they're my biggest three challenges because I've been doing this for about five years now it's definitely become very clear that the main problem is actually waking up through the night and not being able to fall back to sleep Um, and then the carry-on effects of that is that you know as a result people are waking up really mentally foggy they're waking up exhausted They are relying on three cups of coffee to, you know, even just string a sentence together, which then makes them feel super energized for a really short period of time. And then they come down, have a caffeine crash even worse and feel even more exhausted. And with that energy roller coaster comes their mood. So they're going up and down with their mood and they're feeling so irritable when they're flat and exhausted. And feeling, you know, somewhat functional when they are riding the high of that 
of that, you know, caffeine, caffeine roller coaster. Yeah. So I guess these are some of the challenges that I see, you know, having imbalances in energy and lack of energy overall during the day, but then through the night, definitely waking frequently. And how much do you think it will, it sounds like stress is potentially playing a major role in what you see with your clients in those challenges, or do you think it's part, part of the problem? Yeah. So stress, I'd say like stress is definitely the main problem, but I guess to really answer that sufficiently, I need to sort of break apart what stress is. You know, it's, it's often thought that stress is, you know, uh, I received a bad email today or, you know, I've got too, I've got too many plans on, uh, you know, this weekend and I've got too much work on, I'm not going to manage it, you know, psychological stress. Sure, that's one form of stress. But what's really important to consider is the other forms of stress on the body. Now, blue light is a major form of stress on the body. It has a similar effect to the effect of psychological stress. Blue light, as a reminder, is the light stemming from your um, you know, screens and your TVs and your phones. Now, this increases cortisol levels just like if you were trying to you know, run a marathon or if you were trying to you know, get five hours of work done in one hour. The brain doesn't distinguish between what causes its stress. All it understands is I'm stressed. But this can be triggered by psychology, like, you know, too much work, not enough time to do it, but also by physiology, like blue light. Um, another key stressor, this, is, this, one, this one really interests me because I just actually wrote about it in an interview today. Another thing that skyrockets your cortisol levels, that's the stress hormone, is checking your phone the first thing in the morning. That triggers a rapid rise in cortisol. And I don't know about you, but every, like I'm, I'm a single lady, so I don't, you know, sleep with a partner or anything. Um, but whenever I'm staying, you know, with family or friends, the first thing that is always done. And even, even for me, a lot of the time, even though I'm, I try and be good. The first thing is you check your phone and so often you'll check it. And then, you know, a message will be there and then you go into that. And then all of a sudden you've gone from being in this really deep, sleep state to suddenly thinking about this, receiving this text message and processing all the information, right? So hence your brain is trying to scramble. You've just woken up from sleep, yet you're being asked to, you know, answer questions about what's happening later and what's going on here and why is this happening? And it's just too much work for your brain, right? Because realistically, what happens is when you wake from sleep, your brain is in a deep delta wave which is a really slow brainwave state. Now, as you emerge out of that, you go into a slower state called theta. Now, theta is, is exhibited when you are meditating. And this is the state that you wake up in, which is why you often feel kind of dozy and a bit drowsy when you wake up. But by checking your phone, you force your brain to skip through theta, that meditative, drowsy, kind of zen-like state, and you force it to be really highly active and produce alpha and beta brainwaves, which are the brainwaves that are seen in conscious waking. I would be in beta and alpha. You would be in beta and alpha right now. And it's not natural to the body. And so as a result, the body exhibits stress hormones to try and accommodate for 
your requests for it to be a super super active immediately upon awaking. Other stresses on the body, you know, um, nu- nutrition. You know, that can be a huge stress if you don't have the right supplements, if you don't have the right diet, if you are deficient in minerals. I know that a lot of people try and eat their right diet, but like even if you look at magnesium, for example, there's, I think it's statistically over 50% of people are deficient in magnesium worldwide because of agriculture. The minerals are not, you know, in the soil as they used to be. So actually, we don't have we don't have crops that have enough magnesium for our needs. So that's just you know three examples of you know different forms of stress, and I think it's really important to consider those other forms that we might be less aware of because it's not just what's happening in our minds that stresses us out and that causes bad quality sleep. It's actually you know the physiological measures of stress as well, like blue light, like our diet, like supplements or that lack thereof which i guess that kind of answers my next question which was going to be around you know the the negative effects of stress on our sleep are they purely a physical thing or is it a number of things like psychological emotional those less tangible things definitely drinking too much alcohol that stresses the body you know having too much caffeine that stresses the body Lack of sleep also stresses the body. We we don't really think of it stressing the body. We just realize, we just know that it's like a toxin for the body. Anything that's a toxin for the body is a stress for the body. So anything and anything that's a stress for the body is a problem for sleep. And I think that's, yeah, it's, imp- it's important to know that because I feel like there's often when people are stressed, I hear this so much. It's like, oh, but I'm never going to be able to sleep well because I'm stressed. It's like, I understand that, you know, you might not be able to overcome a big work project on your own or something like that, but there are other factors that you have greater control over, you know, like how much you increase your stress load or decrease your stress load, you know, drinking alcohol, drinking too much caffeine, having a lot of sugar increases your stress load. Things that decrease your stress load would be meditation, yoga, walking, nature, you know, so how proactive are you about decreasing your stress load and ensuring that you're not increasing it as well? Thinking about physical exercise and the importance of it, obviously we all understand that, you know, physical exercise is great for your health and well-being, but, you know, depending on the intensity of your workout, of course, there's different levels, I should say, of stress that's put on the body. And physical stress like doing a really heavy, intense workout is still stress, right? Like it's still stress on the body. I guess we, in a way, it's potentially good stress, right? Like it's helping us, our body to adapt and helping our body to change. My question is around with that sort of stress, that physical stress, say after a really heavy weight session or really intense cycle class, what's your thoughts or what's your understanding of that type of stress and the effect that it has on our sleep? There's been a lot of research. Exercise overall is extremely beneficial to sleep, but the most beneficial, it's about 30 to 45 minutes per day, five days a week. That's on average what should be the maximum, you know, heavy, high intensity for sleep benefit. That's also taken on individuals who, that's like a, just, just a general guide. Now I'm just thinking of that for myself. Like 
I actually like to go to the gym for probably more 60 minutes and probably more six times, five to six times a week, which, which may exceed those guidelines. But, you know, I've been training for a good 16 years of my life. Definitely needs to depend on what your training style is and your general fitness as well. Um, but I think definitely as, you know, a, just a general rule, we should be aiming for, you know, at least three to four decent, moderate to high intensity training sessions per week for our sleep benefit. However, I will curtail that and say the most effective exercise for sleep overall, which outweighs aerobic exercise, which outweighs anaerobic, so, you know, weights and resistance, is actually yoga. Because it connects mind body, it helps. Um, you know, you're practicing meditation at the same time. It helps regulate the central nervous system. It helps calm down the central nervous system, so you are less stressed overall. And it does this in a very in a in a more gentle, soothing way than, for example, like a you know a run or a weight session. You know, if you are stressed and you're thinking, I don't even have time to do two seconds to scratch myself I just need to do something that's going to help me I'm happy to do some sort of fitness what do I need to do what's the one thing I should do yoga beautiful I absolutely love that message Um, that is yoga is obviously a big part of my life as well so I'm really glad to hear that message doing a beautiful yoga session just helps to balance everything out. And if anything, like doing it like a yin yoga session towards the end of the day is just, it is honestly the best way to get yourself to sleep. And I guess sometimes people think, you know, yoga is such a big commitment and it has to be massive, but it doesn't, you know, like you just said, even if you don't have five minutes to scratch yourself, just do two minutes of yoga, right? Like just Take Shavasana for two minutes and it's still, you know, it's just carving out that tiny little bit of time. Bring the essence of yoga into that two minutes and just do nothing and be no one. What a beautiful way to potentially set up a good night's sleep. I love that. Be no one and do nothing. Yeah. You don't have to be a yogi. It doesn't have, you don't even have to call it yoga, right? You can just be just take off the expectations and the layers and the jobs and, you know, all those things we're supposed to be and supposed to do and just lay down, just lay down <laughs> two minutes, give yourself a moment. And I'm sure that it's going to have some positive effect when it comes to your stress and your, your quality of sleep. 100%. Just going back to that conundrum at the start, do you find people that you're working with that of course stress you know we've just spoken about that stress can definitely stress is having a significant impact on people's sleep does it go the other way around as well like does people with poor you know potentially not so stressed in their life but still not sleeping right can that poor sleep therefore cause stress for people yeah it it can definitely work um, both directions. So there's been, um, you know, some studies that have looked at the bi-directionality of mental health conditions and insomnia. There's definitely times when insomnia precedes the 
the mental health condition. So it's like you'll have insomnia first and then you'll develop conditions, be it depression or anxiety. But then also there's a lot of research that shows that first there's anxiety or depression and then there is insomnia. So the reason why there is bidirectionality and there's valid points for both of these elements is because the neurotransmitters that are affected by sleep are also the ones to affect mood. So basically when your mood goes, your sleep goes, but when your sleep goes, your mood goes. So they're really, really related, which is why stress and sleep are so strongly correlated because it's the the exact same hormone systems to govern both how you sleep and how you feel are in the same, they're the same. Mm. When like biochemically, you know, sleep helps your happiness hormones like dopamine and serotonin rejuvenate overnight. And so if you don't, and this also facilitates sleep the next night. So if you don't have that refractory period, if you don't have that downtime for your happiness hormones, you're not going to feel great the next day, but also you're going to struggle to sleep. So there's, yeah, there's very strong correlations between the two conditions. And um, I think that's really valuable for people to know because, you know, so often you can just be feeling really, really like, you know, mentally exhausted and you've been sleeping really badly and you just really can't figure out what's wrong. And it's just, it's, everything's overwhelming and everything's just too much. But thing is that once you start getting the sleep that you need, then literally you see the instant shift in how you're feeling, but you haven't actually changed anything about your mood. All you've done is you have been able to get a few more hours of sleep. Mm. Because I can imagine that there'd be some listeners right now thinking about like, oh, am I at this end? You know, is, is it my stress that's causing my poor sleep or is there potentially, like you just mentioned, around an insomnia problem that is surpassing any mental or psychological challenges that that someone's having? Is there a way for someone to figure that out? Like, To be honest, you could definitely spend all day and all all night analyzing and assessing what came first, understanding your biomarkers, all of these things. The fact is that the only time you're going to actually sleep better is when you move from revolving around the problem to focusing on fixing the problem. And that's when you start to think of, okay, regardless of what's caused my sleeping problems, be it stress, be it all of these different things, how can I fix it? But I think that's really hard when you're in a stressed state because you actually lose full functioning capacity of your frontal lobe, which is responsible for rational thinking. So this is why like often you have these weird, crazy thoughts when you're stressed because you don't have access to the, the functional part of your brain. That's, that's at extreme cases. Just so I think, remember, you know, when you are in that state, when you're feeling really overwhelmed confused you're trying to pinpoint why aren't I sleeping right why aren't I sleeping right why aren't I sleeping right just come back to the understanding that talking about the problem doesn't fix the problem fixing the problem fix the problem I totally hear what you're saying there and and that the importance of mindset is is clearly going to help if you know if you're struggling at home with your sleep right now or struggling with stress or struggling with both of course it's easy to get fixated on the problem and kind of perpetuate that negative cycle. But I totally hear what you just said in regards to, hey, let's 
let's shift mindset onto those things that we do have control over that we can change and you know focus on on moving forward or making things better or 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 creating some level of change what would be for for those that are feeling like stress is causing sleep problems what would be what would be your number one take home for them you know something that they might be able to implement today or tonight Mm, I think asking yourself, am I giving myself at least 30 minutes of stress deload time per day? Now that can be through any, any measure. You know, we mentioned some great, great techniques before, you know, yoga, um, exercise, going for a walk, uh, meditating, you know, these are some great unloading, um, stress techniques that can be implemented. I think also coming back to the fundamental that the main thing to cause sleep problems and increase stress hormone cortisol with regards to your sleep is blue light. So making sure that you're respecting the principle of, you know, blocking out blue light for at least two hours before bed. We covered that in our uh, in our other show a little bit. If so, if you wanted to learn more about that. But, you know, wearing blue light blocking glasses, you know, at least two hours before bed, that's going to support your lowering of cortisol, that stress hormone, which could be contributing to that light, restless sleep. So that's a really important one. And yeah, making sure that you that you're having that that de stress deload time. Often we think we're doing it. But then we realize, oh, actually, you know, I have been at my laptop or I've been at my work desk since eight o'clock this morning and I haven't moved and now it's 4 p.m. and I feel really bad, but uh, that's right. And we can actually pinpoint, oh, maybe if I went for a 10-minute walk outside, I might feel slightly slightly better. A hundred percent. Yeah, so I think just giving yourself a scorecard, you know, when did I last take a, I call it a take 10. When did I last take 10? If I'm stressed out, when did I last take 10? And 10 minutes is just 10 minutes of unwind time. Yeah. And I don't, and it doesn't have to be complicated or, you know, complex. Just do something that you know is unwind. And it's not pretend unwind, you know, like scrolling on your social, on social media is like pretend unwind. Cause you know, it doesn't actually make you feel that good, but like actually properly unwinding you, you know, the things that are studied the things that are backed by clinical evidence, taking a walk, exercising, meditating, breathing, practicing yoga, even for two minutes. These are some really simple, short, actionable tips that it's not only going to reduce your stress load, but it's also going to improve your sleep quality in that process. Beautiful. What a fantastic take-home message from this conversation. Olivia, it's been so great chatting to you again. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me and I look forward to the next time. Now, I know what you're thinking in regards to the yoga recommendations, but I promise that this conversation wasn't scripted at all. I absolutely love Olivia's tip on creating deload moments in your day especially on those days when stress levels are high. Take 10. I'm sure you have someone in your life who needs to hear this convo as well. So best you share it, then hit subscribe and don't feel shy about giving us a rating. We love those stars. Until next time.
Bye for now.